0: Dear Lord, we just come before you. We thank you for the time to gather together on Palm Sunday. And thank you for the worship and the communion that we've had so far. And I just pray that you would open the, our eyes and our ears um, to hear you and to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, after, Jesus, after Mary anointed Jesus with the expensive and beautiful perfume in Bethany, you, and some of the other followers of Jesus, spent the night there with Jesus. The next day, you went to Bethphage. And Jesus sent you and another one of his followers into the village. He told you that when you got there, you'd see a colt, a young donkey that no one had ever ridden. He said you should untie it and bring it back to him. If anyone asked why, you were to say that the Lord needs it. Right? This wasn't one of the boldest or strangest things that Jesus had ever asked you to do, but it was a little weird. As you walked to the village, you thought about how Peter had asked Jesus not to go to Jerusalem. Everyone would be going to celebrate Passover, and it was a festival that was fraught with political meaning. Passover celebrated the release of your ancestors from slavery and captivity in Egypt. It was a celebration of freedom and the downfall of the powerful people who had enslaved your people. But now your lands and cities were occupied by the Romans. They were suspicious of any gatherings of people because they thought that it would lead to rebellion, and especially they would be suspicious of a festival that celebrated freedom. Uh, At the celebration of freedom, right under their noses, was something they would watch carefully, and Jesus would be watched carefully by them and by the religious leaders. He wasn't exactly known for supporting the existing power structures, and you knew that he had enemies. When you came to the village, you saw the young donkey, just like Jesus had said. As you were untying it, the owners asked why. You simply said, the Lord needs it. The owner looked at you for a minute. You could tell he'd heard about Jesus. So many people already had. But they let you take the colt. You brought it to Jesus, wondering how it was going to go, because, of course, this colt had never had anyone sit on it. So you threw your coat over it for Jesus to sit on, and it stood marvelously still for Jesus while he sat on it. And you remember that he had calmed a huge storm in a little boat, so, of course, he could calm a colt, right? The day was warm and sunny, and as you began to walk alongside the road with Jesus, you could smell the scent of the perfume that he'd been anointed with the day before. It mixed with the heat, and it formed a heady aroma. It was a sweet and beautiful reminder of the peace that he always carried with him, and it was something that you would remember later when you thought about this moment. You were worried about this trip to Jerusalem, but his quiet strength gave you confidence. The others began to take off their coats and to spread them on the road in front of Jesus. And as you started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers, including you, Began to shout and sing about the wonderful miracles that you had seen. At times you had questioned Jesus. You'd asked him why he was sleeping in the boat in a storm. Where he was going to get food for thousands of people. Why he was going to Jerusalem. You knew the Pharisees were watching and the Romans. And you'd celebrated so many Passovers under that watchful eye. A celebration of deliverance, even while you were physically and spiritually oppressed and occupied. You had had a lifetime of keeping your head down, trying not to make waves. But lately, you had seen and been part of amazing things. In that moment, you didn't care about keeping your head down anymore. You said, blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. The people cried out, Hosanna. It was an old Hebrew word that meant save us now. It sounded like such a happy word but it spoke of the darkness of oppression and the need for help. It was a cry for help that equaled a shout of praise, praise because you believed that Jesus could save you when no one else had been able to. You cried out with him, and you didn't know exactly what it would mean for Jesus to save you. Maybe he would even overthrow the Romans, but you knew that whatever he was going to do, he was capable of doing it. In that moment, your uncertainty fell away. And suddenly, you heard some of the Pharisees who were in the crowd saying, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. You knew that they were afraid of Jesus and how he challenged their authority. You knew that they wanted to keep the Romans happy and to preserve their own place in the hierarchy. They had a lot of influence, and even though you knew that Jesus didn't listen to them, you wondered how he would respond, and you looked at him to see what he would say. And he replied, if the people kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Your heart soared when you heard that, and you cried out louder, you could smell it in the aroma of the anointing perfume and you heard it in the cries of the people and you felt it in your bones and in the stones along the ground. Everything around you was crying out in joy because the one who had been there at the beginning when they were made was passing by and you knew that he was coming to Jerusalem to make all things new again. Um, so that's the story. We're going to talk about it a little, but first I want to ask you what you thought about the story. What did you like about it? What challenged you? What stood out to you?
1: I really liked the sense that is there because I never put the two together. oftentimes mm-hmm. Bible stories are segmented into
2: this is a story, this is a story. You can miss a the continuum and the crossroad things. It makes it very full and real.
1: Yeah.
3: Along with that same thing um, smells one of those things that brings back memories from all different mm-hmm. you know moments mm-hmm. uh, and so I liked thinking about how significant that was at that moment and then would be. Yeah. Too.
2: Um, the the uh, audience. Uh, the Jews then were uh, oppressed, as said, and they were very conversant in Scripture, and they were really looking at Scripture, and they saw God delivery multiple times, and they really knew that passage she that read. That, to us, it's kind of like that weird thing over there in the corner, mm-hmm. but for them it's kind of like,
4: whoa,
2: look out! Here comes a donkey, and you know, it's like, it's like this just like, boing.
1: Mm-hmm. is this
2: the fulfillment of that real thing that we've been looking for for generations? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. I felt really good to have my uncertainties kind of pushed aside for a minute, and to like to feel the, the boldness of faith and like not caring um, what other people, whether detractors might think about it. Like being, being swept up into this really significant moment
4: mm-hmm. felt really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: <coughs> yeah, I was I was struck by the awkwardness of the request. Uh, and feeling awkward taking the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> um but then the shift of like moving from uncertainty and awkwardness to hope and, and this moment of, of grace and
1: rejoicing.
4: Mm-hmm. <coughs>
3: Yeah, I also thought about like, did anyone say, uh, oh, that's stealing? <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and it
3: reminds me like how in those moments, I feel like I would have been the one to say, like this is a, this is a bad idea. Like no one's ever <laughs> sat on this thing before. It's gonna go crazy. Like what in the world would you choose that? Like this is going to be right a disaster. <laughs> We're stealing. It's yeah. never been written.
0: So many things that happened.
5: Was this the first time that Jesus really let people praise him like that? Mm-hmm. Like that's what struck me is like usually when this kind of outcry of praise or mm-hmm. adoration or he, he kind of like tampers it or he'll say this isn't the time or let's move mm-hmm. on. or But this time... He was pretty quiet and, like, fulfilled the, you know, and let it happen as it may and, and let that praise and adoration and worship happen. Mm-hmm. And how crazy was that for him? Was yeah. it awkward for him, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to be, like, this whole time I've been humble and, like, yeah. stopping this, and yeah. now keep it on, folks. You know, like, I'm coming through. Don't hold <laughs> back. Don't hold back. Because if place. you do, nature will cry out for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I it's pretty bold to say. Sad. Like all Was that I weird for him? Or yeah. was he like, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, right? I mean, it's, it's
3: possible. possible. <laughs> but yeah, that's certainly true. Some
4: wow. man- manuscripts actually have that phrase.
3: about <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. This is
4: real. why the donkey needed to be stolen. Like it seemed like everyone else was walking. Like what I don't know, it wasn't like everyone else had their donkey. It was like one
1: donkey shy. One donkey died.
2: Expedited the trip. I don't know. I don't know I've always thought about that too. Like there's a almost a slight in, in my mind's eye, and maybe I'm just incorrect, absurdity to this scene, because at least I've, I've seen these Jerusalem donkeys that, I don't know if it's true, that those are the ones that he rode in, but they're not very big. I mean, they're low, like a, a full-grown man would have to raise his wife, <laughs> on the ground to ride this thing. You know, and we've got a colt, which I'm sure is not bigger than a full-grown one, <laughs> so it can't have improved it, and so and, yeah, then we're our followers walking or throwing down coats or coats in front of this cult and yeah, there's, a, there's like this, I, I wonder exactly what this scene looked like and was this a cultural norm or, you know, and, and certainly there's Old Testament significance and yeah, yeah. there's the actual scenes. Well, it, I, I really wonder about the people, what they were thinking he was going to
3: do. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what did they really, you know, like, I think they felt like they were going to be liberated mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the scene on the donkey was of the entire, you know, coming in out on, you know, from a battle, winning a battle, rode in on a horse. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the people were thinking, this, yes. we're, this is it. We're gonna be liberated from these, you know, know these Romans. Mm-hmm. And then what takes place afterwards? What? What were they all thinking? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. it's all turned upside down, and um, not not what they thought. I, I don't feel like. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I wonder if the donkey's a signal of that, too. Well, I like, it is. But rather than this it's mighty king that a king would ride in, mm-hmm. it's like this diminutive little beast that like signals that Jesus is a different kind of person. He's mm-hmm. a different kind of king or something. Yeah, he's not
3: going to come in and with his power and might and mighty sword and his horse and slay everybody for victory. He's coming in on a quiet donkey bringing peace and trying to Upturn the entire scene mm-hmm. um, by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just wonder, did anybody get it? Mm-hmm. Did anybody see it coming?
0: Let's let's talk about that. <laughs> Dad, did you have something else? You
3: know, it was just like uh, it was a weird
4: like power flex. To Jesus, too. Like, oh, you want to get the train seat? Like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't
2: understand the significance of that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, it, it's the miraculous. I mean, miracles are all the way through there. Mm-hmm. And here is the one from God coming to earth, mm-hmm. doing what no one knows. Mm-hmm. And I think for, the, for us to expect the miraculous in life is part of that story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay. So, I. I don't know about y'all, but actually, listening y'all talk, I do maybe know about y'all. Um, so, my typical perception of Palm Sunday has always been kind of like, eh. Um, like, Palm Sunday, you know, the day that everyone celebrated Jesus being a literal king. Um, little do they know, he's only name, like a metaphorical king, <laughs> victory was moral, and so... Everything was just going to go downhill. Um, like, they wanted a political hero, and they couldn't, like they couldn't even see past what they wanted. Like, that's kind of the narrative. And so now we're wiser, right? Like, we wait patiently for change, and we moderate our hopes and fears so that we don't get carried away, and we don't get disappointed, and we live kind of like on this nice, like, without getting too out of hand. Um, so, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey to fulfill a prophecy, right? And his followers are really wishy-washy. And they were just kind of props in that. They're just like, raise the palms. Um, And that the lesson was going to kind of subvert our ideas of power, right? It was kind of like a bait and switch. And to me, it's always felt really disingenuous because these are people that he'd loved. Um, One of the main narratives is that the same people who threw down their coats on Sunday would flee from Jesus when he was arrested. That they would deny him, that they would go into hiding, and that they would only run to the tomb the next Sunday in disbelief, trying to prove wrong what they'd heard. So over the last couple of years, I've been looking at things from different perspectives. Some that are outside of the main narratives are the ones that I always grew up hearing. Um, There's two more perspectives on Palm Sunday that I want to talk about today. So the narrative where the disciples are utterly disillusioned and disappointed is primarily a male narrative by which I mean that the characters in it are male (laughs) Um, We've identified with that and we've focused on that and forgotten that there's a story from another point of view So Mary anointed Jesus' feet before he even told the disciples that that is how to be a true leader She anointed him when the male disciples said it would be better to save the money In the crowd on the road, there were probably female disciples. People who later would not deny Jesus, didn't abandon him at the cross, who stayed with him, and who didn't totally lose the plot when he died. They waited to anoint him on Sunday, and they believed immediately when they were told that he was alive, and they ran to tell everyone else. So it's not that the female perspective is inherently better. We've just missed it because we're so focused on the other one, right? Uh, The truth is, as followers of Jesus, we span a spectrum of people who at various times keep faith and lose faith, and we have different roads and different viewpoints. Looking at Palm Sunday from the point of view of people who loved Jesus, who believed in him with their hearts, and not only their ambitious minds, and not only what they hoped he might do in Jerusalem, right? it gives a new light to their songs and to their praises on the road. They weren't just praising him for what they hoped he would do or what they thought that the donkey meant, right? They were praising him for all that he had already done and all the healing that he had already brought to their lives. Okay? And they were ready to stick with him no matter what, and we see that they did. Right? So this year I read a book called A View from the Margins, and it's a collection of stories written from the perspective of people. Oh my gosh, you guys. It's so hot, I forgot to dress for, you know, the sauna of church. Um, I really did. <laughs> um, it's a collection of stories written from the perspective of people who might have been on the periphery of the stories that we typically uh, tell during Holy Week. And the author told the story of Palm Sunday as a protest story um, from the point of view of the boy, uh, a boy whose father owned the cult. So it's really interesting. He said about the Pharisees in the book that one of the primary ways people are marginalized is by denying them their voice, by telling them to be quiet, to know their place. So often when people speak up against oppression or speak out about their own suffering, we want to immediately silence them because it's uncomfortable. So Colin Kaepernick is an obvious example. Now is not the time. This is not the place. The parents and children who speak up for stricter gun laws immediately after an incident, or women in the church (coughs) who have been silenced or abused, those are other examples. We want to tell them, even in love, not here, not now, not that way, less angry, more gentle, not today, another day. That's not Christian love. That's not Christian humility. Turn the other cheek. We want to say, go home and wait. Change will come. And Jesus didn't do that on Palm Sunday. These people on the road had waited for centuries, and they saw a glimmer of hope in him, not just that day, but in all the years they'd been following him and in all the things he'd already done. The religious leaders wanted to silence them because it wasn't the right time, and it was nonsense, and it was heresy, and the Romans were watching. But Jesus let them cry out for freedom, for saving. He let them cry out in front of the people who were oppressing them, and he let them cry out to him in celebration and in petition. In fact, he said if they didn't, the stones would cry out. The earth would celebrate his coming, and it would acknowledge him for who he was. The people that they were speaking out, letting their voices loose and celebrating the coming of someone who they hoped would save them, letting their need for saving be known. So if we look at it that way, Palm Sunday is a form of protest. Protest against being resigned to our fate, against keeping quiet, against not rocking the boat. It's a reminder to support the protest of people who are on the margins and not to silence them. Jesus came as our king to set us free and to welcome us into his new kingdom. And he invites us to use our voices and to step into our freedom with him. On Palm Sunday, we are invited into a beautiful, holy moment of contemplation on all that Jesus has done already in hopeful anticipation of what he will do. We're invited to cry out to God in praise and petition, knowing that He hears us and He loves us. And there is no bait and switch because He is coming to be victorious. Um, how does that strike you guys? Do you all have any thoughts? Or the whole Hosanna protest
2: is protesting in like? Yeah. boom pow ah, wow yeah I, I don't know what to say I'm just trying to get my head around that I think there's something to do.
5: now I know why Jesus let them do it <laughs> <laughs> you answered it not just praise to yeah. him mm-hmm. but it was letting them letting them cry out for help and letting mm-hmm. them speak and yeah, that Hosanna isn't just a praise thing mm-hmm. with palm fronds like we did when we were little, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely resonates like Charles said. pow, mm-hmm. powwow, or whatever he said. Yeah. Say, yeah, that same is piece. Says. <laughs> same yeah. piece. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Also in ancient manuscripts. <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> <laughs> ancient. Uh, oh, sorry, don't raise your hand.
2: Those cry out and <laughs> me of all creation. Something yearns from grows. grows. Mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you know it hurts us. Uh, besides all the patriarchy, stuff. I mean, just the injustice that I mean. The trees are hurting. You know, the grass is going to come on. Really, mm-hmm. what's the best you got?
4: a friend um, who's connected to the Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. and Her uh, <coughs> ministry connects primarily with uh, formerly incarcerated mm-hmm. then, uh, people coming out and trying to transition. So churches, all really, besides Becca, ex uh, excellence And they're, uh, for lack of better terms, they're past the membership, or how you say I'm a part of this, is they go through uh, what they call a donkey horn Often the symbol of the donkey is that which brings Jesus into the city, Mm -hmm. but it's also the working force animal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, just thinking about that imagery of being invited into this very simple, unassuming, working-for, marginalized animal, uh, and your image of this protest, uh, just deeply, deeply moving. And I want to want to get a sign somewhere and go stand and (laughs) protest. I
2: don't know, I'm, I'm a little undone by that imagery. Uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I take a, a little really different twist. is something that you brought up, which so i never thought of before. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've always seen it, you know, as okay, this is the victory celebration, and this is Passover, it's about to happen. But that one phrase, Luke, really, and I've never really understood. Because of his healing, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so yeah. you know, this wasn't just a future, you yeah. know, thing. This mm-hmm. is look what he has done yeah. for us. Yeah. And, uh, I, I've never really seen it from that perspective Yeah,
0: yeah, that yeah, that changed it for me. It was like like I said, it always just kind of seemed like, oh Jesus, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh oh, you know, it's not just like the beginning of this weird parade of I don't know like yeah like a celebration of everything that's been done already and so much has been done already like that is worth celebrating yeah. you know well and
2: who are the people that have been healed mm-hmm. it's been the servant of the uh, Gentile mm-hmm. you know Roman soldier mm-hmm. or this little old lady who has a hump on her back or mm-hmm. whatever especially Luke it's always mm-hmm. the oppressed that can heal yeah but, yeah there's, <clears throat> it says several times in the scriptures, and he healed them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to do things about Lyme-Ardenas, mm-hmm. and what the issue, and we think, okay, there's 15 miracles. Okay. No, and he healed them all, mm-hmm. and he was tired from healing. Mm-hmm. So, and this is time when there's no surgery, no antibiotics, mm-hmm. no counseling. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like, this boy comes to town, and mm-hmm. kind of and we're all living really close together. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're all related, and we all know each other, and the cost of is like going on right now. No internet, it's like...
0: Yep. So it's kind of like... There's probably a lot of people. If, if I had to guess, most of them to be person one of the
3: things to asked me about this like the, the version that says a whole multitude of the disciples came to praise God and like I've always kind of heard that story of like the disciples coming in and Jesus and then obviously we were in Jerusalem we just happened to be there with that we're like okay awesome sweet let's do this and mm-hmm. no it was like the, you know it was, it, was, it was the people these people who've been saved who've been healed and
0: he fed thousands. Huh? Like, he fed thousands. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, I think we forget how big his outreach was at the time. And yeah. how those people showed up. Yeah. Like, thousands showed up just to hear him talk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They might show up to see him ride on a donkey under Jerusalem. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I think it's Yeah. 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 Um, thank you, guys. Um, we're going to move into mission prayers and i um i guess i wanted to ask you guys to just take a moment and um take a moment and think about someone that you know maybe someone that you love and care about and what the Palm Sunday story might look like to them or what it might say to them um maybe in a way that you haven't looked at it before and I know for Easter, usually we like, you know, be like, invite your friends at Easter. I would invite you right now to just pray for the good of your friends, whether they come to our church on Easter ever or not. So um, I think Jesus, one of the things that I glean from Palm Sunday is that Jesus came to bring freedom and healing to people. Um, and so I would just invite you to pray for someone that you know who needs freedom and healing.